just during the work week, man. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. Is it, it's tough on you too. Um, it's not too bad. Work has been work has been gone been pretty chill, so okay. it's doable. But yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey everybody, you know who it is. It's your boy Sean Christopher Jenkins. It's your other guy right here, Justin Lee Howell. And if you don't know uh, what we're about to do, you're about to figure out real quick. All right. So I got a treat for you guys. So just watch the whole video. All right. This video is about to bless your soul. And it's it's advice, it's revelation, it's inspiration that everybody needs if you're struggling in your relationship, if you're struggling more specifically in your marriage, right? So if you go to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, right? So let me share my screen. On my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, I have the best videos, the best YouTube channel ever. It's just not really discovered yet, but it's about to be. All right, so... If you go to this channel, I have a lot of playlists on my YouTube channel. And one of my playlists that I have is questions from social media. So this is where I tackle and answer people's questions that they ask me online. So if you have any questions, you can go to my, uh, you know, any of my social media pages, send me a DM and just tell me, you know, what questions you have. And me and Justin will answer it for you on a video. So today we're about to answer somebody's question that they asked me. And guys, this question was so powerful. So I know it's going to bless everybody, but I pray in Jesus name that it touches this person's life, this person's relationship, and God does a miraculous work, right? So let's go ahead and get into it, okay? So the question that this person asked me on social media is this, if I can get to it, all right? Let me make my screen bigger so everybody can read it, because it's kind of like small font on one side of it. So can you see that pretty well, Justin? Yeah, I can see that pretty well. All right, cool. So let's go ahead and read it. So this person asked me on my Facebook page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, right? She she asked me, so biblically, if a man or a woman has mentally, physically, or emotionally, sexually, and spiritually abused their partner for most of their lives together, 90 years to be exact, and suddenly the spouse who did the abusing wants to commit themselves to God, now after 19 years of not changing, I just don't know how to even explain this in a way I'm sorry for that, but I'm hoping you understand what I'm asking. LOL. Yeah, we understand what you're asking. We yeah. understand what you're asking. And so then she said, truthfully, I'm just confused because I think he's playing into manipulation with me and using the Bible to try and throw it at me to make me come back home. But I really believe God took me out of that situation and has been moving mountains for me in my life since. Amen. So. So I'm just wondering what the Bible really says about marriage. Again, so sorry to be in your DMs asking these kind of questions. LL, you're fine. You can, guys, you can ask me any questions. And God willing, God speedily, all that thing, all those things. Like if I see the DM and I can get to it, I'm going to get to it. So I had to get to this question right here. Right. So I had to ask her, you know, are you two divorced? Because that's the biggest question. Like, are you divorced right now? Because that's going to help me give you a really quick answer real quick, right? And so she said, we are not legally divorced yet, right? So no, I have removed myself with my two children in and in a DV shelter. I don't know what a DV shelter is. Justin, do you know what a DV shelter is? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, that's okay. So there's a complete stay away order of protection, but I have been allowing contact, text, and phone calls with me. So no, we are not legally divorced. Both of us, last I knew, are not wearing our marital bands. All right, so yeah, me and Justin are about to tear this question up. So the biggest question she asked us is, you know, where is it in the Bible that pertains to my situation, right? That's that's what I read, like from what she basically said. So I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you the answer that God wants you to hear. I'm not gonna tell you what I think, you know, how I feel. I'm gonna give you the word what God has for you, uh, what God wants you to know for your situation and how to apply it into your life. And I want everybody to know that too. No matter what situation you're facing in life, no matter what you're going through, God has a God has an answer in his word for you. Like the answer's already there. You just have to go dig for it and study the word. And me and Justin just talked about that on one of our last videos. One of our last videos, we talked about uh, Justin, you know, what's that <laughs> the Bible verse we tore up? Uh, hide, hide God's word in your heart right mm -hmm. so we should be studying god's word so much we should be meditating on god's word so much guarding it with our minds and our hearts and 
It should be so flowing so much in our spirit, in our being, that when life situations happen, we have a word from God as to how to manage, how to deal with that situation. What what's our approach through that, right? So God has a lot of inspiration and a lot of uh, motivating things to say to us that's going to help us get through what we're going through, right? <laughs> but like you have to know what God, what God's advice and what God's wisdom is. So we're about to give you that right now, all right? So Justin, you know I'm talking too much, man. I'll let you go ahead. Cause I just talked to him. Yeah. And honestly, like I, I just want to add a disclaimer as well that Sean and I, we're going to like try to speak as much of what we believe God wants you to hear, but really we don't know the situation as well as you do. I've had friends who have been on the brink of divorce that have like made miraculous reparations. I've had friends who needed to get out of a relationship because that's, kind of what was called for it was a, just a toxic situation i think every situation is going to be a little different and i think like mosaic law and god's law has left room because we are human we kind of require a way out sometimes so even if we if even if we lean towards you should never divorce or you should get out get the heck out of dodge i do want to say like there's so many Bible verses that speak to it. You need to discern what God's wisdom is for it. Like this woman has said she felt like God has led her out of that situation. That could be possible. I don't know the situation well enough to argue against it. So very well could be. Um, but it's something I really hope you can just take Sean and my words. Because, man, we're, we're really going to hit like on 1 Corinthians 7 and then some other verses that we have. Uh, just to see what the Bible has to say from it. But otherwise, from there, it's up to you. You need to, we can't tell you what to do. That's something you have to, like marriage is hard. Man, like I've only been married six months, and I know Sean's about to get married. He's about to figure out how hard it is. It, like sometime, sometimes you just have to work it through. Like that's, that is my belief. That's like, I can't talk like I'm an expert. It's only been six months. But sometimes, like, Oh gosh, I, I feel like I need to hold off on it until we start the video. But I, I do think that is a big problem in the U.S. with the increasing amount of divorces. Is like people realize it's hard work and they just kind of bail out, and because they believe that because of like media or movies or TV shows that love should just like happen, mm -hmm. but it it doesn't. It takes work. It's you do have to make a conscious decision like um like a, a few centuries ago like shoot in biblical times like joseph and mary were uh betrothed to marry each other like when they were it was decided when they were kids like that was just custom then. um and they had to choose like although it goes against everything we now believe about romance in the 21st century they had to choose to love one another. They had to make a conscious decision of, I'm going to work for this person's love. I'm going to work because I've chosen to love this person and God has put me in the situation to love this person. So it does require a lot of work. So I I don't want to like pop out and say, okay, yeah, you, you just need to, if he treats you badly, like you need to get out of there. Because I do think like God wants us to work our hardest. But I do think there are some Bible verses that say you need to you you need to take care of yourself. God cares about you, so He wants you to get out of there. So it depends. It's yeah. it's really something you need to dig into. Yeah, man. Let's get to it, man. Let's let's talk about First Corinthians seven because like let's like yeah. the God talk and let's just let's just have some fun, man. Like I'm warning you guys, man. This video is about to be so powerful. You guys don't understand because me and Justin already did Bible studies on first corinthians chapter seven so if you go to my youtube mm -hmm. channel upload past crossroads oh, i have yeah. a playlist on first corinthians seven so i have bible mm -hmm. studies sermons even and just studies i done with justin already on first corinthians seven so guys you're about to you're in for a treat all right i'm warning you now like guys gonna be talking the spirit's gonna be here so get ready to have some fun all right so let's get to it so first corinthians chapter seven verse one through five i'm not gonna read all of first corinthians chapter seven because it's like mm -hmm. 39 or 41 verses so but i only i picked certain sections because it's all paul 
when first of all, Paul, when he's talking to the Corinthians, the Corinthians church has a lot of things going on. And one of the things that they have going on is people think that uh now that they're saved, now that they know the Lord, you know, now now that they're holy fied and all that stuff, that you know, I need a different life, right? Like so <laughs> some of them thought, like, okay, because I need a different life and because I know the Lord now, you know, I'm holy fied. I made somebody that I should have never made. So now I need to leave that person. And and Paul was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and then people uh, who, uh, you know, it was the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, because two it takes two to tango in marriage, right? So somebody that's not saved, but they don't want to be with somebody that is saved. So like, what do you do in that situation? So see, divorce ain't only pertain to, um, you know, if somebody cheats on you, you can leave. Like Paul even says in First Corinthians chapter seven, like if a un if an unbeliever doesn't want to have anything to do with the believer, and they want to flee and leave, let them leave. Like you know, like, let them go. Because Paul's whole thing is, you know, it's better to be single anyways. You know, but that's a spiritual gift. Not everybody's called to be single. Because if you're single, that means you can't have sex with nobody unless you're married. So that like that's a whole different spectrum. Like, do you have that gift, right? So not many people do, right? So Paul was tackling all these things and a lot of things in First Corinthians. But let's talk about First Corinthians chapter seven. So let's go to this verse. And book, guys, I'm telling you, man, we're about to have some fun. So now concerning the things wherefore ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. <laughs> and so that's another thing. People got saved and they thought like, you know, I we just shouldn't have anything, have any sex. We shouldn't get married to anybody, right? We should divorce our wives and our husbands because it's more holy to be single and to be celibate than not to be with anybody. And Paul was like, no, like, you know, like, <laughs> so he was writing and tackling that court because the Corinthian church asked him a lot of questions while he was like in prison or something like that. And Paul wrote letters back to him, back to them. He wrote three different letters to them. Only two letters are recorded in first in the Bible, you know, first Corinthians, second Corinthians. But all right, so I'm really breaking this down, but let's go keep on going. So verse two, nevertheless, to avoid pornification, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. And likewise, also the wife unto the husband. The wife have not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband have not power of his own body, but the wife. Here goes the most powerful part, too. This part really gives me. Let me get my screen brush because the screen brush. I, I need to. I need. I need to mark this out. Oh, I can't use my screen brush right now. But anyways, let me just read verse five. So verse five says, defraud ye not one one the other, except it be with the consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to the fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your intensity. All right. So the biggest. All right. So, Justin, you can just stop me if you want, if you want to say something. But the biggest thing with this verse is basically. You saw with verse three, it says, let the husband render unto the wife do benevolence and likewise also the wife unto her husband. So when it comes to marriage and when it comes, let's just focus on marriage. When it comes to marriage, marriage is about self-sacrifice. Like if you want to go far in marriage, you want to have a successful marriage or anything like that, you're going to have to humble yourself, one. Two, you got to be able to sacrifice. And three, you got to be able to forgive. This is the biggest things about marriage, right? It's going to take a lot of forgiving. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. It's going to take a lot of neglecting yourself, forsaking what you want, and humbling yourself. Marriage is an is a avenue and an opportunity for us to love somebody like Christ loves the church, love somebody like God loves us. Marriage is bigger than just some ordinary relationship. Marriage is something that's deep. Is deeply rooted and is trying to point us close. It's trying to draw us even closer to God than what we already are, right? And so we get that from First Corinthians chapter one, verse one through five. Like, you know, we should avoid fornication. What's fornication? Avoid just having sex with any and everybody, right? Whenever you want sex, you need to go to your husband. You need to go to your wife, right? 
God made this so you two can get intimate and you two can really can grow in your relationship and grow in fellowship because that's what sex does. It makes us one. It brings us on one accord. Like so the wife doesn't have power over her own body, nor does the husband. Right. We give each other our due benevolence. What does that mean? That means like we give each other what each other's is due. If you made a marriage contract, if you got married to somebody, that's you saying that your body is my body, my body is your body, let's party. That's it, right? Like, but that's not it. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like, so that means, like, you know, you don't just get to go anywhere or do anything or just do you boo-boo. Like, you don't live like you're single, right? It's 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 a commitment between two people coming together, right? And if you don't do that, you're defrauding each other what you both consented to and what you both agreed to and came together for. And God ordained this because he allowed it to happen. So we got to make sure we render each other our due benevolence, right? So that's the first thing that Paul says. The very first thing when people said it's not good for a man to touch a woman, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like some people thought like it was holier. To be, and some people think that, you know, I was a 26 year old virgin. So I was virgin for 26 years. So imagine how people, how holy people thought I was. That doesn't make me better than anybody else. That doesn't, to some people, it does. Like a virgin, oh my gosh, you're a 40 year old virgin. Like, whoa, wow. Like, no, that doesn't make you holier or better. And so if you're married, you could be holy too, right? If you're having sex with your wife and husband, you could be holy too. That's that glorified God too. So, like, we got to get, those myths and lies out of our heads, but that's the first thing Paul tackles. So, Justin, you got anything with this part? You want to keep on going? Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, I honestly, I thought this is a weird thing for Paul to talk about because it did, it talks about how we're supposed to be fruitful or, um, shoot, I forgot the word, how we're supposed to like multiply and spread across the earth. And like, we can't do that unless we fornicate. Mm hmm. But, but yeah, I think I think um, I think an important takeaway from this, and it's like what you were saying too. You want to have somebody who is like uh, lifting you up, be the best version that they can be. Like um, each person is kind of responsible for the other person. I wish I I wish I'd look for the verse I would, that you made me think about. But there are um, there are verses that talk about how. The husband needs to um, be able to present the wife as flawless, uh, to be able to present them to God, like taking on the responsibility of the woman. So I think like uh, if God, that's the purpose of any relationship. And I think that's going to be a basis of whether like you should divorce or not is like the both parties need to take responsibility of the other person to help them become more Christ-like, to make sure that they don't stumble. Hmm. There are, let's see, there are verses in here that says, like, don't walk in the ways of the wicked, but, like, it's talking about the path of righteous. Like, it's, the verse, the verse that talks about, like, don't walk the paths of the wicked basically also means don't, don't walk with people who are wicked as well. Like, um, bad influences are going to create bad habits. The same with, like, Good influences are going to help you become better as well. And in order to do that, though, it's both parties' responsibility to be coachable, to be impressionable, to be humble for that. And I think that is going to apply for the entirety of 1 Corinthians 7 because none of this will work unless both parties are willing to take that responsibility, lift each other up. Like, like as a husband, I want to be responsible for keeping my wife pure as well so that one day I can present her to um, God as this shameless, pure creature. Um, and, like, I can't do that if I, my ego gets in the way or think my way is better. I have to acknowledge what is God's way. Like, what what is the way that Paul is trying to spell out to us? Um I'm going to hold off on some other stuff once we get to like verses seven and eight. But I think that's like a big basis of what we need to figure out is are both parties taking on that responsibility? Yeah. 
And I want to go back to this verse too, because like it's so powerful. That last verse, uh, verse five, First Corinthians seven, it just blesses my soul so much. You know, defraud. It said defraud ye not one another. Did you guys look up what the word defraud meant? Like, let me look up some synonyms for the word defraud. The defraud means to deceive, to dope, to you know, cheat somebody, rob somebody of what they're owed. Do benevolence. We saw that with verse three. When you get married to somebody, you owe them your body. You owe them your time. You owe them your whole being and everything that you have to offer. You owe them this. This is what you signed up for. Let me talk about the love of Christ real quick. Like, <laughs> God is so good, guys, that he doesn't hold anything back from us. He's always there. He's always available. No matter how unfaithful we are, God is faithful. No matter how much we screw up, who, no matter who loses, how, how, how much we lose in this life, how many people leaves our, leave our lives, no matter how much loss you have in life, one thing you can count on is God. God is always there. He's always available. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, what are you supposed to do with your spouse? Your spouse is supposed to be doing the same thing. This is a high standard. And it's really hard to live up to. And it's really impossible to do in the flesh. And that's what we're going to see with 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Like, like, I want to talk about this with verse 5 too. Like, verse 5, like, it's so powerful. Like, I just can't say everything in this video. Like, it says that you shouldn't defraud one another. So don't cheat each other what you both are owed, right? Accept it be for a consent time. So you both agree to this time away from each other. And this time away from each other should be growing you closer to God. Right, you uh, Justin talked about the pyramid the other day. You know, it's you, it's God. I mean, it's you, it's your spouse, and then it's God, right? So, the pyramid, sure. and so, like, you're leaving each other for a consent time, right? And you're supposed to be going closer to God, but it's all a pyramid. You all need each other. It's a three chord string, like it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. That's what a relationship is it's you, God, and the other person, right? So God is just as he's the most important part of the whole relationship, right? So, like, you can't, there's gonna be times in your relationship and your marriage where you don't want to love your spouse, you don't want to humble yourself and listen to what they have to say. You, the, relationship gets, the relationship gets ugly, it, and it gets, and a lot of people are in that situation, like, where the situation is just impossible and there's no remedy. And this is where God comes into play, right? So, we owe each other in a marriage to work it out, to fight for it, to do what it takes to come back in fellowship, in communion. Otherwise, we defraud one another. This is our due benevolence. We need to render to our spouses what they're owed. And are any of us owed this? No. But when you marry somebody, this is what they're owed. <laughs> you know, so like, you don't get, and a lot of people, they let the pride get in the way, right? So they leave each other for their own pride, you know, for their own selves. They don't pray, they don't fast, they don't come together to God. They just let Satan tempt them it it said uh don't let satan tempt you for your incontinency i don't even know what that word means but i just looked it up and it says lack of self-restraint so uh it says lack of voluntary control over uneration or uh so basically you have to pee but you can't pee like <laughs> so i think it's trying to say though like with that word it's just saying like you have an urge to be with somebody to be in fellowship with somebody but the person you should be in fellowship with is your spouse. Don't let Satan tempt you into thinking it's somebody else that's going to give you what you need. When you done signed up for marriage with this person and made a covenant with God, and basically God brought you two together, so both of y'all two should work it out. But a lot of times, you know, we uh, we choose who we're going to marry. We don't let God tell us who to marry, so we put ourselves in bad situations. So we got to factor that in as well. But if you marry the right way, let's just focus on that. If you marry the right way and you marry somebody who loves Christ, who loves the Lord and all those things, right? God brings you two together, right? So now that doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be any easier, right? That just, you still got to put in the work. You still got to do the work, right? You got to be equally yoked with one another. So let's say you are equally yoked with one another. Like it's still going to be a struggle, but you're, you're both willing to fight for it no matter what. You're both willing to do whatever it takes to meet each other's needs whenever a person says that they're lacking in something because we all lack in some area at some time, right? So it's just so much to say with First Corinthians 7, man. But let's go ahead and keep on reading. 
Justin, just stop me if you want to say something else, man. So yeah. All right. So first Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10 through 15. It says, And and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Oh my goodness. It just okay. My bad, guys. Thank you, man. All right, let me reread it. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. So this person asked us, like, if she should leave her spouse. And Paul says, like, this isn't a command that he even gives. Like, this is a command from the Lord. Right. So the Lord says you shouldn't. That's what he's essentially saying. Let not your wife depart from your husband. Right. So let's keep on reading. Uh, but if she depart, let her her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. So this is Paul giving his opinion. So sometimes in this video, you're going to hear me and Justin. We're going to clarify if something is our opinion or something's not. Right. And we're going to tell you if something's god's opinion or something is not because this is the most important this is where the church is lacking right a lot of times the church they think that their opinions and what their thoughts are and what they believe is what god thinks and that's not true right because this is something i want to say for the video the advice me and justin are going to give i don't think it's going to be different but let's just say if it is like love for me to me is not love for justin right because we have two different love languages right so what I'm willing to fight for and suffer through in a marriage is not the same as Justin and vice versa. So, like, there's some things that I can't go through in a marriage or a relationship and I won't go through because I'm not going to I'm not going to fight for the marriage. If that's the if, if those are the factors that I got to deal with. Right. But there are factors that I can I can go through all of it. You know, I'm fine and I still love the person. You guys get what I'm saying? So, like, so. What I'm trying to say is marriage to me is not marriage to somebody else. So just me giving my opinion and what I think you should do in your marriage situation, like, <laughs> I can't do that. Only you can do that because love for you, you're the one have to, that has to do with the marriage. You're the one that is your marriage. It's not mine. And that's something else I want to say, too. Man, I'm, I'm about to sweat. I'm talking now. Marriage. <laughs> Uh, your marriage is your first ministry, right? So you can say, you know, you're a missionary, you're a pastor, you, you sing in a choir, whatever. I don't care what. It, if your home life is jacked up, it does not matter what you do, right? Because you don't even have your own household in order. So why the heck? How can anybody listen to you, the people who are most familiar with you, the people who really know you to your core, <laughs> the people who, I mean, like they're one with you, essentially. They don't even feel Christ's love through you. That's defrauding the people who need God's love the most of the due benevolence that they deserve above everybody. Right? You guys see what I'm saying? So wherever you live, your household, especially your marriage, your marriage is your first ministry, right? So you got to work with this ministry, guys. So all right, so I, I hope I pray that makes sense to everybody. So this is what Paul is essentially saying when he says, like, this is God's opinion, this is my opinion. So this is what me and Justin are gonna be doing. We're gonna be flopping a lot, right? So, all right, let me just hurry up and read this. Justin, stop me if you want to say something. I'm sorry for. Yeah, I just want to say something yeah, real For yeah, and that's like um, and like I, I said before that um, we don't know your situation. It kind of depends on like how you commune with God on the situation. But I wholeheartedly believe that based on verse ten, to the married I command this. A wife must not separate from her husband. And verse 14, for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife. And the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. I wholeheartedly believe that God wants our first choice. Our first action is to try to make the marriage work. Like we said before, there may be extenuating circumstances. God may be trying to get you out of there. But I wholeheartedly believe that because of these verses, God does want um, the relationship, whatever he's combined, whatever he's, wherever he's brought two to become one, I wholeheartedly believe that, as Sean said, these aren't our words. This is the Bible, that the Bible is saying that um, we need to find a way to sanctify, to be a testimony to one another. And that involves sticking together. Right. Yeah. 
And I want to say that too, you know, let's, let's, let's really focus on that. Like her question was, you know, if the person mentally, physically, emotionally, and sexually and spiritually abused their partner for over 19 years, see, it'd be different. It was two, five, talking about 20 years, man. Like, so like <laughs> and that's, that's the text of first Corinthians chapter seven. I pray you guys get that. Like if your spouse is not giving you the due benevolence that you deserve, this is love for me. This, so this is my opinion. This is what I get from the Bible. This ain't Justin saying this for me. If the person is physically putting you in harm's way every single day and your life is in danger, mm. flee, run. I don't think God wants you to go through something like that. I really don't. Like right. for your life to end like that, right? That's yeah. stupid. That's stupidity. Like if if uh if you're in a harmful situation and stuff like that, I mean get out. And then I like what she's doing. She said that she's still allowing text messages and phone calls, right? Because he's saying that he's a believer now, right? So I told her, I told her the game. I said, I said, time tells everything. So if, you, if this person says he's a believer now after 20 years, all right, give him a year. Give him two years. Give him five. And just stay, keep stuff to text and phone calls. And let's see if his actions matches his words. Because as a believer, right, the fruit needs to match you know you should know them by the fruit that's what jesus says right so like if the person was really saved and stuff like that time doesn't mean anything they'll still be the same if anything they'll grow in their faith even more and show you even more love and you'll be able to trust them even more right and so marriage is a place where you should be able to just let be yourself you should be able to just let everything go you should be able to just uh trust this person with everything so if you can't and then for a woman it's just completely different for a woman, a woman is sur surrendering, surrendering themselves to a man and trusting that they are submitting to God in all their actions, right? And they are and the God and the man is submitting to God so much that he knows what the woman's purpose is, what the children's purpose is, you know, what the family is going next. Like they the man hears from the Lord, right? Because the man is the head of the household, right? So if a woman has to put that much trust in a man, if a man is physically, emotionally, sexually, and spiritually abusing that authority, are you kidding me? That's not a... <laughs> does that sound like a man that's led by God? You see, a woman is called to submit to their husband, right? And we're seeing in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that a man should be submitting to a woman as well. But we just do it in a different way, right? So a man is not submitting to a woman. He's not loving a woman. He's not respecting his wife if he's physically, emotionally, sexually, and spiritually abusing them. Mm. That's what Satan does. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy everything good from the Lord, right? A good marriage can go to crap when Satan's involved, right? So, like, that's his goal. That's his MO. But with God, man, you don't play around and flirt with and just mess around with your authority as a man. You're called to just make sure that your wife gets everything she needs. 24 7 seven days a week every time she blinks that's what a man's called to do so if a woman doesn't feel like a man's doing that come on i mean yes he'll mess up sometimes let's be real he's human guys he ain't god right so like, you know but like you guys get what i'm saying like sometimes it's 90 sometimes it's 10 sometimes it's 100 sometimes it's, it's it, it fluctuates right so everybody gets what i'm saying so yeah like I just wanted to say that too before we go anywhere else, because you'll see that with First Corinthians chapter seven. All right, so Justin, you good? You want to keep? You want to keep on reading these verses? Yeah, go on. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say for that. All right, so First Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten through fifteen, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried and be or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife so that answers her first question what should she do in her situation this is what you should do but to the rest speak i not the lord if any brother had the wife that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him let him not put her away and the woman which had the has an husband that believeth not and if he be pleased to dwell with her let her not leave him for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband else were your children unclean but now are they holy but if the unbelieving depart let them depart 
a brother or sister is not under bondage in such case, but God hath called us to peace. All right. So this verse is basically saying what me and Justin been saying. So verse 11, you know, if she depart, so if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. So those are only two choices you got. If you she asks if she should get a divorce, no, she's in a great position. This is what she did exactly what she should have did. Just let time tell 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 everything. Right. So you're still married to your husband. You 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 don't remain uh, unmade. I mean, you remain unmade until you become reconciled to your husband because she says she's not wearing her wedding bands, but she's still married. Right. So the only time you can be reconciled to any man is to your husband. Right. So let not your husband put away his his wife. So he hasn't done that yet. That verse also the other verses says, like, if the unbelieving husband, you know, if he's pleased with you know his wife that's a believer a believer you know don't don't leave him right so and why why <laughs> why a lot of the world would be like this is crazy that's stupid no verse 14 and it's going to say it in the rest of the text too it says verse 14 for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife guys <laughs> let me let me show you the power of a believer man like the words, what it just said, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. This just means that God's has a protection is on your spouse. Like they, they get the same benefits from God because you're in their midst. Right. So because you're with them, you're shielding them from all the harm, dangers or whatever that comes from being an unbeliever, the wrath of God, all that stuff, guys, which is a lot. Because we're in a spiritual warfare 24-7, right? And then it even said your children, you know, you your children will be unclean. Your spouse will be unclean if you weren't with them, right? But because you're with them, now they're holy. So God looks at them different. That means God's at work. That means God wants to do something. That means, like, God has something in store for you that you don't even see coming, right? If you believe. Now, is this the case for every situation? <laughs> no, I, I want to say no. But you don't know, like you know, so I don't know. I'm not God, so I don't. He has a plan, right? And we'll talk about that with the next few verses. So, Justin, you had anything else you want to add with that? Or are you ready to go to that? Next yeah, part? I mean, verse 16 kind of says it all. Like, how right. do you know whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? I think that's a uh, that's like a question that like plagues all all Christians who feel like they need to like save people. Mm. It's not our job to save people. Right. Like God will plant those seeds. It is our job to like have a presence somewhere or act as a channel for God's spirit. Or as God like I, I love what Sean was saying, like just having a presence there um changes the status of your kids or your spouse. Like automatically just because you're that testimony, you're the that living book for their lives. I think that's, gosh, it's, it's, it, it's just so hard to tell someone, yeah, you need to stay with your husband. Um, because, like, sometimes it is rough. Sometimes, like, husbands don't even try. But, like, from the message, I don't know if, from her message, I don't know if he's trying to manipulate her. If he is, like, that's, I hate when people do try to weaponize the Bible like that. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know the situation well enough to like have a 100% saying. But if he is willing, like if he is willing, as the verses say, let me look through the First Corinthians verses again. Okay. Um, like if the, if one spouse is willing to remain um, and reconcile, then I think it's, I think it's definitely within God's power to change their heart if they're receptive to it. Like everything Sean has said was true. Like if they are defrauding you, if they are abusing that power, like man, it goes all the way back to Genesis. Like men were, <clears throat> men before the fall, men were given a certain amount of leadership. But after the fall, after sin, it's very obvious that men sometimes abuse that power. So if that's happening, then he's very much in the wrong. But if he is open to being changed, if he's open to reconciling, I think we are called to, like, give them a chance to an extent. Like, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying to stay in a bad situation. 
that makes you stumble, that hurts your own walk as well. Because like, as uh, when I was doing lifeguard training, uh, one hard truth that they said is, if you can't save somebody, better to lose one than lose two. Which is like, which is like, crazy thing to tell a twelve-year-old, by the way. But anyway, um, a same situation though. Like we do our best to save them, but we have to remember we're relying on God's power. We have to really believe that God is working in their lives to make a difference. Yeah. Man, we speak in straight facts in this video. Though. This is ridiculous. And what's sad is we haven't even got to the good part. Like it's just building yeah. up. <laughs> Back. Like I was thinking, okay, we're not in that verse yet. Can't say that yet. I'm kind of want to show them that uh, Tony Evans video I was talking about. Yeah, I w while you were talking, I was thinking, gosh, I feel like the Tony Evans story would be perfect for this situation. Yeah, right before we get to maybe, that that part, maybe you can give them a recap though. That would be good. Yeah, I will, I will, yeah, I can't play the video because you're on on the phone right now. But okay, mm -hmm. guys, I'll just I'll say what the. Uh, what it is i may put it in a, a video i'll put it in the video description i'll try to it's not it's never I, I never have time to put it on my facebook linkedin and other social media platforms description you gotta look at my youtube page upload past crossroads but all right so there's this preacher named tony evans right so he's been preaching since like 1970 so a long time right and so um he was telling his testimony so where, where his faith journey began Right. And his faith journey began essentially with his father. Right. So his father, he was um, he was a man who worked a nine to five back in the 70s and 60s. Right. So he worked hard for his family. So he's always at work, but he comes home when he comes home. Right. And so every time he came home, they the kids will always hear hear a, a yelling altercation between their mom and their father. Right. And it, it would get so bad sometimes, like it would come to blows a little bit, but not really, but it got ugly, right? And so that's all they saw. And then one day they just started seeing their dad, like anytime he came home, he was reading the Bible or he was praying. Every single time he came home, like it was so consistent and like clockwork that they would just see him praying and pleading to God and just meditating on his word. And so eventually his wife, she would just over time just keep on heckling him be like you know what are you doing like you're putting on a facade like you're not really you don't care about all that stuff like stop playing the game like she would try to fight him right and then eventually after like a year she just like gave up and she just like you know i don't know what happened with you like wh what's going on like why are you always treating me with love when i come at you with hate you know why are you always um so nice to me you know, when I'm trying to fight you, you know, you never used to do that. What? She was crying and breaking down, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and so then the husband, you know, Tony Evans' father said, you know, I met Jesus. I met the Lord. Like, you know, he changed my life. And that day, the wife that he always got in the altercations with, like, she just committed her life to Christ, right? So then, like, the kids barely if ever saw them fight like that, especially like they used to, they never fought like that to that extent, right? And then um, the kids even, they came to faith in Christ. So now you got Tony Evans, like, guys, this ain't just some guy. Like, this is one of my idols, like, if I have an idol. Like, you know, this is one of my people I want to be like when I grow up, when I'm, I'm already grown up. But you guys get what I'm saying? Like, I want a successful ministry just like him. Like, this guy is so bad, right? He used a story with Psalms chapter 128 to talk about his family's testimony. In Psalms 128, I'm going to do a verse like that on my YouTube channel eventually. I'm going to break that text down. But basically it says, like, the man who loves the Lord, who blessed is the man who loves the Lord, who comes to faith in him, who gives their, their life to him. Like, his wife will be like a fruitful vine, and she will be intoxicating him with her love. <laughs> That's what, because, you know, a vine, you know, wine's made from a vine from fruit, right? And then your children, it would be like, they'll be like oak trees. Like, they'll be planted and firm. And guys, if you look it up, I think oak trees are the longest lasting tree on earth. Like, I don't even think they die, right? They've been in existence in the beginning of mankind. But it, basically, they last forever. They never die. And that's going to be your heritage, your lineage, your children. Like, they'll be that fruitful. They'll multiply. That's what it says in that text. And this is all starts with the man who puts their faith in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is that man. So this is your 
this is what this is what you could have. This could be your life, right? In your marriage. And so what what me and Justin are trying to say through this whole video, like, I don't know your situation. I don't know what God's about to do. Like with this person who said, you know, what should I do with my spouse? But I will say when it comes to the life of faith for a believer, like we got to fight the good fight of faith 24 seven, no matter whether that be our marriage with our finances, with that be with the awful church members that we got to deal with on a day to day basis. Or like for me, for board examiners, I got this one person, just one that's so awful, one teacher. That's just so uppity, act like she's better than everybody else, that she just gets on my nerves and she just makes me want to stop and not even want to be in the ministry, right? So she's a spiritual thorn, right? But Satan's using her. But <laughs> I can't let that stop me from doing the work that God wants me to do. Like, you're going to get that, right? So you guys get what I'm saying? In this life, you got to fight the good fight of faith. Like a lot of times Christians think everything's just supposed to come to them and be easy. It's not. You got to fight, Right. And I'm telling you now, if you're willing to put down your feet and stand firm on your faith and put your feet firmly on the ground and plant it on a solid ground, a solid foundation on Jesus, you're going to see miracles happen, right? So, like, if you want to see a miracle happen, you're going to see it, right? If you want your marriage to work out, you're going to see it. And this is for both parties. This is for the husband that came to faith in the Lord, supposedly, right? We don't know. He, maybe he's not playing the game. Maybe you're serious and you really want to love the Lord and you want to show your spouse, boy, you better love her better than anybody else ever has. That's how you beat her. That's how you win right there. Like the same thing for the, for the woman. Like you want your husband back? Be forgiven. Be be forgiven like Jesus was for you. How many sins have God and has, has Jesus forgiven us for that we have no business to be forgiven for? You know what I'm saying? How many opportunities has God given you? How many second chances? Third chances, several trenches, chances. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, this is what we should be doing for our spouses, for the people we say that we love. This is what love does. Love is God, right? <laughs> so I really want to read 1 Corinthians 13 now, but <laughs> let's not go there, man. But all right, that's got to be a part two video. But Justin, you ready to go back to 1 Corinthians yeah. 7? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, so. All right, guys, let's break down First Corinthians 7 so much. Because, again, guys, there's so much here. It's ridiculous, like, answering her question. Like, all right, so First Corinthians 7, verse 16 through 20. Justin just read verse 16. You know, for what knoweth thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knoweth thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy spouse? So you don't know what God is doing. But if you keep on having faith, if you keep on reading the Bible, if you keep on growing in your relationship with the Lord and letting him mold you and change you, don't allow your circumstances to deter you from that. Don't allow awful spouse to stop that work. Boy, God's going to be doing something. This is what he's going to be doing. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk and so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any man called uncircumcised? In uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. But the keeping of the commandments of God, verse 20, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. All right, so if you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul mentions three times to be content, to stay where you are, to don't move a muscle, stand firm in your faith, right? Paul's whole point is, if you're saved and you're with the unbeliever, just for this video alone, like, <laughs> he's saying, don't move a muscle, right? Watch God work. Watch God do his thing. Just have faith in it, no matter how impossible it seems. And you know what story comes to my mind? The story of Hosea. Like, nobody preaches about Hosea. I can't wait till me and Justin talk about it. But Hosea, he was called by God to love a prostitute. Can you imagine being married to a prostitute? And it's worse for a guy. I feel like for a guy, that's hell. Like to be married to a woman that gives herself to every man. And then like she's so, you know, she flaunts it in your face. And Hosea had to keep on bailing her out of jail. Had to keep on bailing her out of awful situations where she would be with a man who wouldn't let her go, was beating her and everything and saying that this is my wife now. And he got to buy her back. And he did. And he did yeah. it so many times. That eventually it you don't even know because it like the story ended basically that he did it one he did it another time, but like he just did it every single time. And like basically, you just get from the story that there's no way that Gomer that's her name, Gomer the prostitute, there's no way that she 
kept on doing what she was doing and didn't give Hosea the love back to do benevolence that he deserved, right? And so that's the whole point. Like in marriage, guys, like your situation could always be worse than what it is, right? And, and, but God wants us to, you know, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he is called or verse 17. But as God has distributed every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk in it. Don't try to detour from it. If you're married, you're married. If you're circumcised, you're circumcised. If you're uncircumcised, you're uncircumcised. Don't try to change the situation. Like God loves you regardless, and you're still serving the Lord regardless. Let's keep on reading because like it's going to hit exactly what I just said. So verse 21 says, um, it says, Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou may be made free, use it rather. For if he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man, likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are brought with a price. Be not be not ye the servants of men, brethren. Let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. So no matter what your situation is, God is with you. And God is abiding with you in your situation, no matter how bleak and how dark and how uncertain the situation seems. So don't move a muscle. Watch God work. So verse 25, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment. So Paul's giving his opinion. Here it goes. As one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful, I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be, so to be alone, right? So to, to be single. That's what his opinion is. That's what he says, right? But for me, that's not my opinion. It's not good for a man to be alone, like it says in the book of Genesis. Like, it's, it's, it's a man. I need a woman. I need a wife, right? I need my Alexis Evans. You know what I'm saying? That's my fiance, by the way. So verse 27, art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. So it's saying if you're married, stay married. If you're unmarried, you know, stay unmarried, whatever your situation is. Like, not one's not better than the other. And Paul's basically saying, like, if you want to get married, you can get married. If you don't want to get married and you're not married and, you, and it's not even in your desire to be married, then don't do it. But if you're married and you have the desire to not be married, just stay in your situation, right? Because that's what you chose, right? And why? This part is my favorite. Me and Justin tore this up, like. Basically, I'm not even going to read it. Basically, this part says, no, I'm going to read it because it's too powerful. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28 through 33, it says, but but and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, she shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they have none. And they that weep as though they weep not and they that rejoice as though they that they they rejoice not and they that buy as though they possess not and they that use this world as not abusing it for the fashion of this world is passing away right so that's the most craziest part i'm gonna stop right there the passion the fashion of this world is passing away so all paul is saying is if you're married and you're in an awful situation the time is short right the fashion of this world is passing away like if you're married or you're not married if you if life is going the way that you want it to go or if it's not the fashion of this world is going away like it's passing away it's not here to stay this world we and justin talked about that with revelation chapter 21 and 22 like there's a new world order coming the the world order in the new heaven and new earth the new jerusalem and the how how it's going to be in the eternal state for all eternity when we all get into heaven for good like it's totally different. It's a totally different world order, and it operates differently than this world, right? So Paul's just saying, you know, don't get hung up on whatever circumstances you're in right now. For the time is short. God can change it at any minute, and if He does, if you become free and not a slave anymore, that's great, right? If you're not free to begin with, <laughs> and you're just a slave forever, like you're a slave to the Lord anyway, so it don't matter. Like you know, like, you serve the Lord while you serve your master. So no matter what your situation is. Just be content. So that was Paul's whole point with First Corinthians chapter seven. Like we gotta learn how to be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, because this life is about the choices that you make, the decisions that you make. So at the end of the day, you choose who you marry, right? And I want to say this too: you don't just choose who you marry; you get to choose how that relationship is gonna be, whether that be for a man or a woman. But I'm specifically talking to a man right now. So for men, 
like this is straight bars for you. This is advice for you, right? So however your marriage is, is a reflection of you. So if you want your marriage to be better and you want your marriage to be, I mean, perfect and exactly what you want it to be, the buck starts with you. You set the tone as the man. So we talked about all these verses like wives rented to the husband, their due benevolence and men rented to your wife, their due benevolence, you know, all that stuff, right? Men, if you do this to your wife, I just told you the Tony Evans story, how his father came to faith and his whole household came to faith. And not just his whole household. Look at Tony Evans, the son, you know, his father did that, right? His son, like Tony Evans, look at his children. You got Priscilla Shire. I know you heard that name before. You got Anthony Evans. Like every one of his children, he got like four of them, maybe even six, I think. Every one of his children are famous, one. Two, they're all like gospel singers or actresses. Three, like Priscilla Shire is a great example. They're all preachers too, by the way. Like Priscilla Shire, like she's an actress, right? But she refuses to do sex scenes and she refuses to show her body in a provocative way and she refuses to kiss men that aren't her husband. Ooh, what kind of godly woman is that? What actress you see doing that? Like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's his children. The son and his father came to faith, right? So you guys get what I'm saying? Like, that's from generations after. Like, this could be your family. This could be my family. If you just have faith in God. And that's another thing, too. Like, don't compare your life and your marriage and your situation to anybody else's, right? God's trying to do a different thing and a new thing through your marriage and your relationship. And he has something special in store for you. It's all up to you to do your part, though, to forgive, to fight the good fight of faith, to keep on showing love even when your spouse doesn't deserve it. And this goes for both parties. No matter what your spouse has done to you, how they wronged you, you're called to forgive. That don't mean you're called to, like, tolerate and just sit through it, right? <laughs> so, like, you still have to be smart about it and finesse your way through it, Right. But you guys get what I'm saying, man. It's just so much to say about that situation. I don't want to answer it now, but go ahead, Justin. You got anything else? Yeah, I think, like, um, a big part of, like, the, the last verses just kind of show, like, God's love for us. And with that, I just want to pull in, like, Ephesians 5. Like, Ephesians 5 is also a great book just to go over to figure out, just to figure out what marriage is, what God expects from us for marriage. But in that chapter, it also says, like, why like wives love your husbands or wives respect your husbands husbands love your wives i will say right now that usually husbands don't deserve your respect and wives sometimes also don't deserve the love but like we can't wait for them to um we can't wait for them to earn our love or earn our respect like uh romans 5 8 God proves, God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There are times when in a relationship, you're just not, you just don't feel like loving your wife or respecting your husband. Like they've done something stupid. It, most likely the man has done something stupid, like 95% of the time. But like it's, but like God doesn't tell us to only be, kind to like kind people like he wants us to love and spread that love to everybody like in the preceding verse chapter 5 verse 7 for romans 5 very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die like it's it's easy to like people that are nice to us or be loving to people who are loving towards us but it's, it's a testament to be able to respect your husbands when they don't deserve their respect or love your wives when they are just not deserving of it, if they're in a bad mood. But like if Tony Evans story says anything, that love is what shines the light first. It's it shows the kind of love that God wants us to show. Like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. I love that he says that you can't fight hate with hate. You have to shine a light into that darkness to defeat that darkness. Like it, otherwise, it just it just creates a perpetual cycle of hate and violence and uh, misogyny and androgyny. And the only thing that can stop that cycle is just love and forgiveness. 
So I think a big part of these last verses that Sean and I have just gone over is we have to break that cycle. We have to show love first. And like, it, that's hard. Again, you don't do it by yourself, though. It's through God's love that we're able to accomplish this. Right. You know what, Justin? I don't know how much time you got, man. But I want to do a part two and just do First Corinthians 13. <laughs> that, that says everything. That would be, yeah, that would be a good book. Yeah, yeah, chapter 13 was a good good book when we went over it way yeah. back when. Right, and we never got to complete it, really, because, you know, there's way more I want to say, but this video helps to pull that out, so. We don't, it don't have to be tonight, but we got to do it sometime, but. Yeah. <laughs> but, guys, I pray that that answers that person's question, right? All right, so that person asked us, you know, if a person had basically been abusing her sexually, uh, physically, mentally emotionally for 20 years like should she divorce that person and basically the ball's in your court you know at that point because again i told you it's different for a woman like for a man <laughs> you're called to love your spouse as christ loves the church like justin just said so even if your wife put you through hell you, you chose your wife you chose that church right <laughs> You said I will love you forever, so we're called to put up with it because <laughs> I mean, we're men, right? Like, so <laughs> but for a woman, like, come on, like, a woman is called to be is called to surrender and submit to their husband. Like, that's not easy. That means your husband really has to be on his P's and Q's and really can be trusted with your life and everything. And how many men are that trustable, man? Mm. That's a high calling. So, like, if a man's abusing that authority, man, yes, like, you can leave, man. But, like, I will say this, too. Like, I really feel like – I think she even mentioned it in the DM. Like, I think I think guys at work, I think he's doing something different, man. I really do. Like, I, I think it's going to work out. But I'm not in her situation, so I don't know. And I don't know the guy. Like, he just – he seemed like a good guy though. He just DM'd me. Like it just it just added me as a friend on Facebook. He seemed like a oh, good guy. So, okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. But like, yeah, we're praying for you though. That's the biggest thing. So Justin, you know what? Why don't you lead us in prayer, man? You wanna pray for that couple and just yeah. pray uh over their situation and stuff like that? Yeah, I have to say this is actually the second couple uh today I'm praying for that has been just on the rocks debating divorce. So maybe that's just uh, my calling for today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why don't you join me in prayer then? Dear Lord, I just thank you for my brother Sean that we were just able to dive into your word, just to be able to um, figure out this journey together that we just been able to uh, try to address the problems of these sweet people. I just pray whatever they're going through, I know that you know what they need, what they're going through, the situation, you know better than any of us. So I just pray that your spirit is with them, that your discernment, your heart, your spirit, your wisdom is just with them at all times, and that they can just lean on you for support. I pray that if his intentions are, if they really are genuine, if they're uh, clear, if they are really for you, I just pray that, um, his wife is able to get through to him. Um, I just pray that you allow them the strength to be able to make it work in any way that they can. Um, if this, if there is any toxicity, if there is anything that she needs to avoid, I just pray that you give her the discernment to avoid those situations. But I just pray that from what we learned from your word, that you just want to uh, where two have become one that you just want to keep them together if possible. And I don't know what you have for them. Again, you know the situation. So I pray first and foremost that they can lean on you for your wisdom and support. But I thank you for all you've done and everything you will do in their lives. In Jesus' heavenly name, amen. Amen. So we're praying for your situation. We can't wait to hear about a miracle happening. And yeah and 50 more years of a blissful happy marriage and then your your children oh my gosh become fruitful vines and just are arrows to the devil and keep on stabbing all the devil and all his uh friends and all the enemies of god in the heart and destroying them 
and expanding God's kingdom and all that stuff. All right, guys. But I pray everybody was blessed by this video. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, uh, here go my social media platforms. So uh, please support them. Like, if you really enjoyed this video, man, go to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, and my podcast, Upload Past Crossroads. I have way more videos on this. So see on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, there's a playlist of me and Justin answering people's questions uh, from our social media platform. So if you have any questions, just DM us. DM us on our, my Facebook page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, my LinkedIn page, Sean Christopher Jenkins. Here go my social media platforms. You DM me on any of them. Not my, not, don't DM me on Twitter. I get too many messages on Twitter. All right. My Instagram is pretty good though. My underscore, they underscore, Bauer, Trevor don't last. And I'll get back to you. Right. Same thing for Justin. His, go to his social media platforms, his Facebook page, yep. Justin Lee Howell. Uh, befriend him on that one and just send him a DM if you have any questions you want us to do a video on as well. And then also, uh, this is his YouTube channel, Chaplain's Logs. So watch all his videos, subscribe to his YouTube channel, turn on a post notification so you know he uploaded another video. All right. And yeah, so I pray that everybody was blessed by this video. Thanks for tuning in for as long as you have. We had a pretty good audience the whole time, surprisingly. So God bless you guys. Happy Tuesday. The club is going up. I pray in Jesus' name that your week goes to finish. You shatter and demolish and just accomplish all the wonders in the world this week and that you get closer to god this week and you receive the revelation that you need for him to really uh overcome any obstacles that are in your way uh this week and forevermore in jesus name I pray. amen talk to you guys later peace y'all stay blessed